0: It is a jaunty song, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I wrote that. Welcome to Couch Crouches. This is Jim. This is Gonzo. All right. So uh I,
1: I was waiting for Joe's line and I it was like,
0: Oh, 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 it's me. <laughs> I have to say it now. All right. Yeah. Uh Joe, as we <clears throat> speak, is on an aeroplane over the Atlantic Ocean. Um, either that or he's landed and he is off to uh thank you. It was in the first one, not this yeah, one. Yeah, I know. He is off to um to London to meet Luke Evans, which is exciting for him more than anybody. I'm just gonna have to look it up and see. see I've what I showed know. you his picture last I know, but time. Uh... Okay. Ha
1: What? What? Uh, someone from the vocal group just used my word "buffalo lee." Oh dear. Which, if you recall, was the yeah, so word
0: that I wanted to catch on last episode. I I understand. Uh, so. Does Does he listen? Does he or she listen? No, but oh, I came up. I came up with me. the
1: uh, name. They might listen. Well, they should know. listen. If out. they're not
0: listening, they mm. should be. Yeah, I'll, I'll pimp it. Okay. Yeah, I wish you would. Um, so yeah, Joe is in uh, is in England, and he is visiting Luke Evans, and they're going to meet. He won that Omaze contest. For those of you that don't remember exactly what the hell I'm talking about, our friend Joe Foreign is literally. In London to meet Luke Evans and I think they're gonna have a nice dinner they're gonna have dinner and he's gonna meet his girlfriend yep and Joe brought L- us uh, Luke is going to be Joe's, Joe's girlfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. that's uh pronouns is hard I know it's it's rough, but he uh, yeah no it's it's we're very excited for him and we're very excited in general um it's kind of cool so um but in the meantime that leaves the two of us to fend for ourselves um well, not like Evans, there you are, Luke Evans, you I got gotcha.
1: Dumbass. Hey, um, the, the autocorrect got it wrong.
0: Yeah, I told Oh, he's you.
1: Welsh, okay.
0: Yeah. Good looking guy. <laughs> not a bad actor. Um, so, we kind of, uh, Gonzo and I didn't really have a subject, which is, usually we have these things planned out, but we're kind of very busy, a lot of stuff's going on, and we... Um, just got together tonight and kind of just started putting our heads together and trying to figure out what we we're gonna do. So we have a pretty good um we have a pretty good episode lined up for you. Um, I'll do a couple of quick news items. Uh, as we know, Gonzo doesn't usually have any news items. Nope. So
1: I'm just looking at uh, Luke Evans yep. as a credits. I've this. got a couple
0: here real quick. Remember, that means that you can comment on the news items that I give if you feel like it. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, also keep your eyes out. Um, and your, what was it? What do we say? We you say your, your, your eyes open and your ears peel. Yeah, that's what you said. Sounds like somebody's. They're coming for us. Yeah. What is that outside? Helicopter. Oh, is it a helicopter? Yeah. No, they're coming for me. Um, our Avengers Infinity War episode, uh, our review, we, we, uh, recorded it right after our, um, after going to see it, um, uh, Thursday night, opening night, um, of the film, we went to. To see it, and then we came right home and did it. Uh, we didn't want to put it out too early because you know we didn't want to be assholes that spoil stuff. We could probably put it out now pretty safely. Um Would you put that down and work, please?
1: I, I, I was working. Um, I just thought that I recognized one of those movies.
0: But we'll get it out soon. So um I don't think it was the movie. I thought it was Oh, like. uh, okay. It's so
1: sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Which I think there's multiple things that have similar titles to that. Oh, okay. It's a common phrase.
0: Um. But Luke
1: Evans was in that. (coughs) Was he? Apparently. Um, It was on his credits. Oh, okay. So
0: He slapped me before I could find out who he was. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So obviously the big news is that Infinity War is gigantic. Um, Huge. Huge. um, Biggest opening. Um, Didn't even need China to be the biggest opening because it's not opening in China until the end of the week, um, which is a big deal. Uh, So that's exciting. Um, it's awesome go see it Um, that's the first piece of news I mean nothing really to say there it was just fucking awesome Um, I have uh, another piece of news what is it
1: Uh, Disney Marvel has like nine out of the nine out of the ten
0: yep hey here's an interesting completely unrelated thing just thinking of the Disney this is actually not a Disney thing but believe me it, it does come around because it gets to John Williams Jamie and I went to uh, Providence on a Saturday night and saw um, a Harry Potter orchestra event. And yeah. I didn't realize exactly what it was, but what it was is we effectively watched Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and a big orchestra just played the music while you were watching it. That sounds cool. Piece of uh, trivia for you. Let's see if you can figure it out. John Williams mm-hmm. holds more Oscar nominations than any other living person in the war- you know, in existence, and only one person has more than him, and that person's dead. Who is that person? That person's dead. They're dead, but they hold So it's not 50... Danny Elfman. Correct. No. Don't think music. Film. I already went there. Film. Okay. Fi- he, the guy has 54 Oscar nominations. He has 54 Oscar nominations, whereas John Williams has 50. But mm-hmm. this guy's has 54 op- Oscar nominations, and... Keep in mind, you're thinking of directors, producers, writers, anybody, and he's not alive. But when I say the name, you'll go, "Oh yeah, of course."
1: Um, okay. Uh, oh, is it the one that's on the tip of my fucking tongue? Nope. No.
0: If you if you can't think of it off the top of your head, you probably don't have it. Well, I, this is also just my problem with names. Uh, you you know the guy, uh, the birds. No, Hitchcock. Good good try. No. Okay. The answer is Walt Disney. Yeah, that that makes uh that, that makes sense. <laughs> Does that make
1: sense? That makes uh yeah, yeah Walt total Disney, sense. All right.
0: Um which is fine. Um <laughs> he's not dead, he's frozen. Well, the lower half of his body is dead. Um <laughs> but yeah, I know. I'm looking at it right now. He was he won a shitload and he was nominated for many more. So Walt Disney has the most. A lot of things from his animators. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So did a lot of people though from their own from their own artists. Um, so that's the news. I, I mean, one more piece of news I wanted to do is um, Paul Feig, who's a who's a, a director. Uh, he directed the last Ghostbusters. The the oh, the, yeah. the, the Lady yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, which was a horrible movie, not because they were ladies, but because it wasn't funny.
1: It, it, I mean, listen. That's I, why I, it was I a watched, bad movie. I, I saw the, it. The I haven't seen the Lady Ghostbusters movie. I watched the Cinemasons for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they also tend to, like, clip out some of the funniest yep. moments, too, just to try and throw mm-hmm. it to you. But we finished watching that. Then we went to watch the elevator scene from the original Ghostbusters, and we were laughing for 15 minutes. It's... Like, what, a two-minute scene in that elevator?
0: That movie, the you original The original Ghostbusters is almost a perfect movie. I love that movie. Like, you, 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 we've talked before about what a perfect movie is. In fact, I'm going to say that Ghostbusters is an example of a perfect movie. I so, wasn't a
1: fan of the second one.
0: No, neither was I. I think it scared me as a child. Neither was I. Um, so Vigo. When I th- <laughs> Vigo de Carpathian. When I think of um perfect movies, I think of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future is a perfect movie. There's nothing wrong with that movie. Like mm-hmm. you can't, d- without getting all geeky and trying to think about, you know, the the wow, the they're coming for somebody. Yeah. Is there like a is there like a, a manhunt or, or something? I don't know. Um, there is an airport close by. That maybe oh, that could be. Um, and I think Ghostbusters is on there. So yeah, Paul Feig said. That he would, uh, that he would love to entertain, making another Ghostbusters, or you know, wants a sequel to that film. Um, and while I'm not someone like I, you know, I, I get annoyed when people go, "Oh, well, we don't." Do you really need that movie? You don't need any movie. Um, I just, um, did Bill Murray play Venkman in
1: that, or was he just a cameo? He's a ghost. What?
0: Oh, did he play Venkman in it? Uh,
1: um, yeah. I think he did, was he. In I, it? I don't remember. He was in the Lady Ghostbusters. I think he was a ghost. Go- no, he God. he was. Uh, he had like a cameo where he didn't believe in ghosts. Oh, that's but right. I yes. Yeah. Okay. That they said the name Venkman or Peter or something. So I didn't know if there was some backstory that nobody knew. I don't remember. He could have yeah. just been a random cameo. It well, it,
0: no, it was a cameo, and I just haven't. Oh, I saw it once, and I wasn't. I didn't think it was that funny. I just didn't the one think character I seem to like
1: from just sort of perusing the like little mm-hmm. clips.
0: I do like that one who
1: I think she's like Egon's daughter or something. Like, she's well, no, there's to no, Egon. there's she's no, not related. There's no connection. Okay, well, she's the Egon. Sorry, Kate McKinnon's
0: characters. Yeah, she's funny. She seems to. Yeah, yeah, she's like the best delivery. It seemed if they had done some kind of thread to the original Ghostbusters, it might have been interesting, but. I didn't like it, um, and it's too bad, because I like that cast. Um, Chris, Hemsworth was, yeah. that yeah, up, Chris Hemsworth was the funniest thing in that movie. Yeah, but... Straight up, Chris Hemsworth was the funniest thing in that movie.
1: Janine is one of the funniest things in the originals, too, yeah, so... Yes, she is. Yeah, I, she th- is. The secretary's got to be funny. Yep. So... Plus, it, Chris always just looks like he's having fun with whatever he's
0: doing. Yeah, he I mean... He just likes to do the things. The guy likes his job. Well, he's Australian. He's perpetually yeah. happy, yeah. so... All right, so moving I, on. I,
1: that came back around to Avengers even
0: at the end there. Sure, sure. A little bit. Yeah. So what we want to talk about today, and again, um, we're just going to jump right in because segues are for kids. Um, at mall cops. <laughs> so you ever run into... <laughs>
1: I'm amused at my shit.
0: You can give yourself some credit. It's okay. Don't break your shoulder, though. Pat yourself on the back. Um that pick up? Yeah, I think it did. All right. <laughs> you ever um, approach a group of fans <laughs> of something, and the fans are so not only ardent, but so almost militant that they turn you off of the property? Firefly. On... I mean, that's the first one that comes to mind for me. Really? Yeah. I thought we already went over the first one that came to mind earlier.
1: No, no. It the... was the first one that came to our mind. No,
0: the, the first one for me is Firefly. Oh, right. No, because... We have had this discussion yeah. before. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about those, you know, toxic fandoms. And as I said, I really don't like the the word, you know, toxic's thrown around way too much, but you know, you can just, you know, pretty much, you know, say that tonight we're gonna talk about toxic All right, so there you go. <laughs> he uh, loves to do it twice. I do, it makes me happy. I don't know what you you want me to say, but here we'll actually get rid of ogre tonight. There it is. Okay. So, nerds, yeah, so we want to talk about those those fandoms that are you know they're just so militant or so vehement that they uh, they t- kind of scare people away and turn them off. For me, one of my big, like I said, was firefly mm-hmm. the The brown shirts, I mean brown coats, um turned me off so much to Firefly that I didn't watch it for 10 years. I watched it, finally, um, I watched it on Netflix. I watched the whole series, all 11 episodes, and then the movie on Netflix, mm-hmm. and we did it, like, over a day. And I'm like, yeah, this one, because I had watched, like, one or two episodes before that. And you know, keep in mind, like, I was, you know, I, I, I enjoyed Buffy mm-hmm. to, an ex- to an extent. I liked, Angel, I liked the writing on Angel a little better. Um, but, like, those fans weren't so ridiculously militant about it. Like, Firefly, like, people that were just, like, you know, like, you know, people motherfucking uh, like Star Wars and Star Trek after that, and being like, "Oh, you're an idiot! You know, like you know you feel like that better than Fire better than Firefly." Blah, 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 blah. Joss Whedon's my master now. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, whatever, whatever. But yeah, they were really vehement about it, real and and you know, of course, media jumps on it and mm-hmm. wants to market it. And next thing you know, it's fucking. Sonic screwdrivers everywhere. Oh, right into Doctor oh, Who. Oh, Doctor Who, Right into yeah. Doctor Who. But go ahead. I mean, yeah, so when you think of, when you thought of, um, of Firefly, like what were your, what was your... When I thought of Firefly? Do you want to just move to Doctor Who? I, I mean... That's what we were I, talking about. I like Firefly. So do I, but were you digging into Firefly when it first came out?
1: No, I, I don't remember when it first came out. I remember actually probably some of the same toxic fans who were just going off about it. And one day I decided, said, well, oh, fine, I'll watch it. And I, I enjoy it. I like it, you know? But, so, uh,
0: so what, talk about one that annoys you.
1: Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. That's, uh, there's like an army of them out there. And Joe's not here to defend himself. Nope. His, uh, my other car is a TARDIS
0: bumper sticker yeah. or license plate holder or something. Um, Doctor Who. So, I was always a big BBC fan. Um, once just, I got cable, I,
1: I just don't have time to rewatch Fifty Years of Back Episodes.
0: And everyone's going to tell you you don't have to, and they're right—you don't have to. But I understand you and how you're a completionist. Yeah. Um. But I kind of casually watched Doctor Who back in the day when, like, I mean, the writing's not great, right? Oh, well, when Eccleston was Doctor Who, so from
1: everything I've seen, the writing is uh, eh, sometimes okay.
0: It, it's it's okay. Um, it's okay. I mean, it's,
1: it's got the classic sci fi problems of, uh, yeah, not being
0: consistent. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. There's some great doctors. I mean, some like, Doct- Star, I mean, Star been Trek some has similar problems. Well, here's the thing about Star Trek. I just rewatched the original series mm-hmm. after a long time, and I had forgotten that those are really good. Good. Like the writing on those original mm-hmm. scripts are really good. It's the next generation that sometimes gets really bogged down and fucking in, in hot garbage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So, like, I started, but, but, uh, I watched uh, Doctor Who. Does Star Trek have militant fans? I mean, wouldn't you say that Star Trek invented the militant fan? I don't know. You, you've been going to cons longer than I have. I have never been to a Trek convention, ever. Um, what I would say. Is that um, they've certainly died down mm-hmm. in? Yeah, they've been replaced by uh, Doctor Who and Firefly. No, but I mean, there, there, and there's ah, obviously turn my, turn my
1: headphones up. Oops.
0: And there's always been a Jets versus Sharks thing with Star Wars and Star Trek, mm-hmm. mostly because both neither sides realize that um, that they're literally trying to, you know, fight, it's apples to oranges. Yeah. Whereas Star Trek, you know, it's like, oh, well, we're pure sci-fi. And Star Wars is like, yeah, but the good thing about us is that we're not. Yeah. They don't seem to realize that what makes them better is the differences. We could spend half an hour describing the
1: fake science behind the lightsaber, Mm -hmm. which the EU does. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Or you could just have a laser sword. And hey, guys, look, it's a sword that's also a laser.
0: That's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just it doesn't matter how or why, just that it does. So... Just putting that out there. Um,
1: spin stabilized plasma. There you a, go. Something, something. Mm-hmm.
0: Just have fun with it, man. Um, so, I would say, yeah, but I would say Star Trek versus Star Wars. I mean, that was one of your first big. Although there was uh, in the '60s, I don't want to call these people militant, but in the '60s, like when the Lord of the Rings came out, and people were like spray painting hippies, were spray painting like Frodo lives on the side of walls and shit like that. I mean, you know, so like well, you know, every generation Aris has dies. fandom.
1: What? Aeris dies. Frodo lives. Eris dies. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck
0: are you talking about?
1: Oh, you know, just another sort of toxic fan group. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have much to say because, again, I'm sort of in that fan group. But well, I mean, t- I don't I don't bend over and I suck would... Final fantasy seven's dick.
0: Is that toxic or is that just bandwagon? Uh, I don't think that's toxic. I think that's bandwagon. And I think there's a difference because I think people that are so... People that blow Final Fantasy like the way they do, Final Fantasy VII the way they do, are not people that are like, oh, well, you're stupid. You like something else. It's They don't have enough exposure to other things, to other Final Fantasy games, and to really appreciate just, you know... Everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's important that we don't talk about like people that are just on a bandwagon and you hate something because it's cool, as opposed to people whose fans are so ardent, are so militant that they can turn other people off. One of the things that you brought up, and we've talked about it a couple episodes, but to get into it, is when toxic goes toxic. Yeah. And you brought up, you know, Jokers, Harley Quins,
1: yeah, things like that. You know, not to sound like a broken record for the third episode in a row. I think released chronologically, third episode in a row, probably. Yeah, I. You know, not to really dive back into the Joker Harley everything, but I mean, there's one person on just top of my head who I don't know his name. I've seen him at a couple conventions. And uh, he's a a joker, Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot like me and a couple others who does his own joker thing. But I remember sitting outside in the smokers area with someone, and this joker walks out. And the Harley I'm sitting and talking with looks over and goes, that dude violated my friend at a convention. It's like, oh, shit. So, I mean, is it just... So... The Joker thing, in particular, though, do you think it attracts people that are
0: already prone to uh, bad decisions? What an interesting question! What an interesting question. I mean, is I don't. Know... But it, or is it a chicken, chicken or the egg type yeah. thing? Because is it does it does it attract? Does it attract people of a certain mindset or? I mean, is it indicative of that mindset?
1: He's the worst example that I have of that. Yeah. You know, I have a couple other examples of just people who seem to get way too into it and no longer understand where personal boundaries are, you know, who just get a little too into it and will get way into your physical space, which some people are fine with, Mm -hmm. and I've noticed, but some people just, they immediately kind of... They have that wall up and uh, maybe it's just a cosplay in general thing. You know, people go, they get dressed up, get super excited and start trying to elbow their way into everyone's personal bubbles. But it seems like I and it, I mean, it could just be that I'm oversaturated with with Joker and and the Joker culture almost. I mean, I'm sure there is a culture, yeah. there 100% is, there's this really weird phenomenon that happens when you're walking around. I've had it happen to me multiple times, and I've noticed that I do it subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Where if I'm walking around and I see another joker, or another joker sees me, even if we've never met before, we lock eyes and sort of give a little nod, like, hey, look at you, you're doing the same thing.
0: It's not competitive, though, is it?
1: Uh, Some some people get a little, little competitive with it. Uh, Sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. but that could just be a mental me problem there. Mm-hmm. So, But it, it always seems to not exactly be a competitive thing. Sure. A uh, couple guys. A couple guys. Yeah. Just randos who decide that they want to get into it. With one me, just but, came into
0: my head. That's a great one. Continue.
1: Um, like, you know, an example of breaking that boundary, too. I was walking around with another Harley I know. And this guy who wasn't even dressed up as the Joker, like, comes up to her and does a bad Heath Ledger voice and just starts getting in her space and going, oh, Harley, what are you doing with this
0: clown and everything? And uh Is that a Joker thing or is that just a, a, that, creepy, that a cre- creepy asshole? Mm, that's a good question. I mean, because, you know... I, I mean, well, they're, they're, I will like, say, they I will say, the cosplay is uh, not consent too. That's, I mean, that is an issue with a lot of this thing. Is is why people cosplay, which is the toxic side of I of, def- of that. I think that what we should do is this we is should, kind of a conversation for
1: Jacqueline. I, 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 th- I think that
0: you and ja- I think you and Jacqueline, and I can get another cosplayer or two in here. We should definitely have an in-depth discussion about this. And yeah. you know, and I mean, our listeners. Like that kind of shit. They asked yeah. for that kind of shit. Yeah. So I agree. That's. I mean, but that it, you open great doors with that. I thought of. I thought of a fandom. It didn't even occur to me. That's an extremely abusive, exclusionary fandom that can really turn you off from the thing. Get ready. It's not what you think. It's not a geek thing. Metalheads. Okay. Yeah. Metalheads. Full disclosure, I am 41 years old. I was born November 8th, 1976, okay? So I have really, I was born in the middle of the golden age of heavy metal. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a kid, especially as a kid in the 80s, um, I I love metal, Mm -hmm. I love metal. And for a long time, the whole thing with metal was metal was supposed to be this thing for this thing for the 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 downtrodden. You know, it was a working class misfit music. Um yeah. A misfit yeah, a misfit music um, you know, culture. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A place where like, you know for kids who who hated their parents and, and, and were angry and wanted to, you know, have a release or wanted people to sing about things that was, you know, with them or people, these comic book character-esque characters yeah. that they could look up to, you know, and bang their head and shake their fists. Like, but after a while, it got real elitist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really started happening um, in the late 80s, especially, but... The more, uh, the much more aggressive the music got, mm-hmm. and mind you, I like the really aggressive music. But like once, once you know, because you had like you know, you, you had your first generation of metal, which is kind of like your 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 Black Sabbath, your your Led Zeppelins, your your Motorheads, your ACDCs, your new wave of British heavy metal as well, all that stuff. And then you've got you know, then you know, people start wearing lipstick and shit like that, mm-hmm. and you, you had like you know, like Poison and Motley Crew. Yeah. although Motley Crue was around before that, but like Poison and you know. Slaughter and Cinderella and all that and all that shit. Um, and kind of as a reaction to it, you started seeing like speed metal. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, first you saw like you know like you know, like Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax. Um, on some ends, Merciful Fate. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of all the bands I used to listen to: Celtic Frost, Nuclear Assault. Um, but as the music got more aggressive, the more militant, um, some of the fans got.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And one thing was always, you know, there's always this this anti poser culture, and there's that in any fandom. Yeah, you, you fucking poser. Yeah, go, oh, oh, you like, oh, you like Motley Crue? What do you have? One album? You fucking oh, I got, poser. I got something that jumps off that too. Yeah. So um, we chain these together all night. And the scary thing, yeah, we can. That's the great thing about you know about this subject. The scary thing is, as I got older, my musical tastes expanded. But even when I was a kid, you know, I liked metal and stuff like that, but I also liked the Beatles, the mm-hmm. Stones, um, you know. Oh, so you weren't a real metal head. Well, my friends used to make fun of me about it. And like, yes, you know, so I went to a Billy Joel concert. I went to a fucking a Prince concert, and they got and they made fun of me. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? You're, and this one kid made fun of me. He's like, are you going to a fucking Prince concert? I'm like, are you nuts? You're a guitarist, kid. Prince is a better guitarist than anybody you've ever liked trust me, and there isn't a real guitarist that wouldn't tell you this. And in the 80s, one of the big things was you couldn't like metal if you liked rap. And there were a few crossovers that people had a really hard time with on both sides Mm -hmm. because the rap kids were the same way. Um, And unfortunately, it obviously fell along racial lines as well. Mm -hmm. But so, I don't know. uh, Music can be... Music is something that's supposed to bring people together, mm-hmm. but if allowed to, it can be very divisive, and that's just something I, I noticed a lot of when I was a kid. What was the one that like immediately you think of? So that brings me into uh, steampunk very briefly. Oh yes, very briefly. Sure. It seems
1: like for the most part, it has calmed back down and into this sort of uh, sort of more relaxed state.
0: But for a little while there, it's kitschy now. Yeah. It's and, kitschy now. and
1: and part of it was a lot of people that got started moving over into steampunk were coming from the old goth scene. Sure, and so along yes, with, we were along with that. You get all of the old infighting. That's not real goth. This is goth. <sighs> that's not goth enough. And that came over. There was a brief moment in you time. You just
0: described the mid to late nineties for me.
1: But there was a brief moment in time where steampunk was just, hey, that's a cool outfit you've got there, or that's a cool costume. Then it turned into, oh, this isn't a costume. This is just the style that we're dressing in. Eh, I'm sorry. It's a little bit of a costume. <laughs> Speaking as someone who who wore that in everyday life for a little while, too. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's totally a costume. I'm sorry. I'm wearing welding goggles on a hat for some reason. I am not welding. I am not looking at bright lights through these. They're just an accessory. It's kind of a costume.
0: Well, you know. But, yeah, you know. Yeah. I so you're you're completely correct. So that started to get
1: into it where it was is this a lifestyle? Is this just a costume? Is this just a subgenre of thing? Is it an outfit? And then along came the other people and it started being, "Oh, well, that's not real steampunk. Oh, you're you're listening to uh like let mm, let's see. Let's go with Abney Park, why not? <laughs> because Abney Park now is one of the forefront, you know, bands that calls themselves and lives sort of right there in the steampunk genre. But they were, uh, sort of a darker, I, I don't really know how to put it, darker gothic, sure, um, to begin with. And they, their look fit with steampunk a little bit, but their music was definitely more. Is new gotha thing new wave goth? It is, it is, yeah, more melodic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know, oh, you listen to this band, but that's not a real steampunk band, you should listen to The Cog is Dead. It's like, uh, oh, okay, how about I or Dr. Steel? He's not really steampunk outside of the aesthetic. And then you started to get into... But what is steampunk exactly. beyond
0: an aesthetic?
1: Exactly. No, that... That's my phone, by the that, way, I'm looking at that's something. That's the big thing, too. At the time, there was nothing that was... There was no defined steampunk like sound. What should it be? Should it just be clanking noises? Should it have more More of this? It's just how it looked. Yeah. And you know, over time, you've got more and more bands that start coming out that are like exclusively with that sort of sound. It's been codified, but at the same time,
0: people started to move away from that's not steampunk, this is steampunk. Well, I think one of the things that has happened is, much like comics and and, and, and video games Mm -hmm. and things like that, I think steampunk is becoming a little bit more assimilated into popular culture. I think you're seeing much more... They sell steampunk costumes that like party city but during not only Halloween. that that's not the only thing i mean though like you see steampunk elements you're seeing technical elements being integrated into mainstream mm-hmm. fashion um you know you're you know you can you can you, can, you go, go to go to macy's and you can buy a, a, a hot you know a high collar six button coat that mm-hmm. has a bit of a flare at the back that looks you know yeah kind of like you know like it, it's you know it, it's it's out there it's available and i think um and that's what mainstream does. I now, mean, it does absorb the popular and 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 integrate it into its mainstream. I mean, it's
1: now uh, on the scale of toxic to not toxic. Though, where do you think the phrase? Uh, well, there was that song about it for a while, that, or the idea that people just gluing some gears onto it and calling it steampunk. I am. This is where maybe I'm part mm-hmm. of a little bit into the toxic fandom, yeah. where I think that if you want gears showing please make them look like they're functional or doing something.
0: Why? Why? And here's my here's my mm-hmm. reason for the why. Why? What if I want to put gears on my head and call myself a steampunk? How does me gluing gears to my hat and calling myself steampunk affect your being a steampunk? It doesn't lower a standard because there is no standard because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm it's a concept it's an it's an aesthetic one can be more effective at it than another mm-hmm. but if i go and i glue a couple gears to my hat and put a feather in it and 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 you know go out and say i'm steampunk it doesn't lessen the aesthetic it doesn't lessen the genre and it doesn't affect anyone else it makes me feel good it's like oh i feel like a steampunk mm-hmm. yay it's like people that are like oh well you know all i know of Marvel are the movies. Why are they not a viable Marvel fan? Because Mm -hmm. they haven't read the comics? Well, maybe they haven't had access to the comics. Maybe reading isn't their thing. Maybe, um, you know, maybe, um, maybe they have tried reading comics and they don't like it, they can't follow it, or Mm -hmm. or, or they're not into it. It doesn't invalidate their fandom Mm -hmm. and you know, if I like Star Wars, and I do like Star Wars, but I also like Star Trek. Me liking Star Trek doesn't make my Star Wars fandom any less. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love I am a gigantic um Guns N' Roses fan. Okay? But me liking Poison doesn't make me like Guns N' Roses any less, mm-hmm. although the two bands are antagonistic. Like so you know, my question is, you know. If someone glues, you know, glues a couple of gears to their heads and calls them a steampunk, why aren't they a steampunk? What? 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 Who? Who made you the gatekeeper? Yeah,
1: there who you go. Who made
0: you the gatekeeper? No, and I'm, I'm not talking about you personally, in general. Who, but who made anyone the gatekeeper to being anything? Yeah, and gatekeeper
1: is the phrase. Yeah, that is the important thing here uh, with. You know, the idea of a toxic fandom Mm -hmm. is the idea of gatekeeping that fandom from people. I'm not what when I say I don't agree with just gluing some gears onto something and saying it's steampunk. I'm not going to shove someone out for not doing it. I'm just not going to do that on my thing, because personally, I like to have them look like they have a purpose. And that just my personal taste But that is a phrase that gets thrown around a whole
0: lot. Are you the gatekeeper?
1: (laughs) 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 Ghostbusters, all right. Vince Um, Clortho.
0: Vince Clortho, key master of Gozer. Lord of the Sabulia. are you the gatekeeper? Uh, I should watch that movie again. We should watch that. (sighs) Actually, this is the one that I wanted. This is the real one. Because this is the... Oh, fuck. Are you the gatekeeper? There we go. Are you the gatekeeper? (laughs) That's what I wanted. Um, yeah, so, um, because Joe's not here, I will say in the middle of the episode, if you guys have opinions and want to say things about, uh, about, you know, toxic fandom or gatekeepers or such things, you can always, uh, email us at, uh, couchcrouches at gmail.com or on Twitter at couchcrouches or at Facebook, facebook.com slash couchcrouches, um, it or could, even, you know, leave us, leave us comments on podbean.com. You
1: could write it on the back of a rock. And since tomorrow... Oh, when is, when is this coming out? I don't know. Maybe tonight. All right. Depends on how... how uh, Write it on the back Advent of a rock. Feeling, yeah. Adventurous and, feeling. And since tomorrow is Beltane, however, it will not be the full moon, I'm still going to say, if you write your questions on the back of a rock and just go outside and start throwing them at the moon while screaming the name Couch Grouches into the night, we will get them. But I don't <laughs> recommend you do that if you live in like a terribly populated urban center, and try and do it when the moon isn't directly overhead because they will fall back down and hit you.
0: <laughs> do we want to? Ex- Was that
1: Gonzo's du- Black Magic Corner? No, is but that, that is. is that but that is coming. All right.
0: Um, tell me though. You know, do we want to explore this more? Do we want to talk about this more, or do we want to kind of call this the the appetizer for something bigger to come? Um, I mean, mind you, we've only been going. 36 and a half minutes we got oh, time what, what do you got
1: up on your screen there what, what's um, that one I'm looking
0: at particular? so so I decided to kind of poke around and look at a couple of things and they do talk about things like sports fans Yeah, I'm like you know what we all hate sports fans so let's not even worry about it um, nostalgia stuff we're not even gonna fucking uh, talking about anime fans oh that's a whole big, big bowl of stuff I won't I'd rather not talk yeah. about anime fans and I mean, they- here's why I don't like for the most part anime yeah and but I don't. I try very hard to not be an anti fan, mm-hmm. which I, I so I I'd rather not talk about anime because yeah. I know people that really love anime yeah. and derive a lot of joy from anime. I'm one. As long as you're happy, that makes yeah. me happy. I just I'm not into it. Um, but that's also it. It just saying
1: anime fans is mm-hmm. that's too large. I mean. Like, that's a big, broad stroke It is, there. it
0: is. Um, to
1: call all of them toxic fans or just to talk about the toxic toxicity in the fandom? No,
0: no, 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 no. I don't think, I, I think maybe, I don't, I don't know. I, don't want, I, I, I can't read what the- uh, No, and don't, and don't. I don't want people to, to misunderstand something. I'm not saying that all Doctor Who fans are toxic. No. I'm not saying that all Firefly fans are toxic. What I'm saying is there is a, preponderance of toxic fans in certain fandoms. Mm. I mean, there are toxic fans in every mm-hmm. fandom. Um, either it be because you know, there's the... I mean, shit, there's
1: toxicity in and infighting between your favorite programming languages.
0: App, of course there is. Like, I mean,
1: shit... I don't touch Python because I can't deal with spaces as delimiters. And what a... You know what? And, you know... Yeah, whatever. I need I, strongly typed variables. Which is not I, true I, because uh, C# sharp is now moving more and more towards implicitly typed, but I I, I you know
0: I, I I hear you talking and it just clicks. Hey,
1: no, you put that away. Buzzers no, no. and just
0: You said it, you were done with that. Yeah, well, I lied. <laughs> oh, wait, shit. Okay. Well,
1: well, uh so it was Ogre Screaming <laughs> Nerds.
0: Yeah, yeah, there it is. Um Yeah. Okay. So, I I, I want to make that perfectly clear. You know, we're not painting with a wide brush. I think the source. You know, y- you've got a couple different sources of this kind of toxic fandom, though. Um, one being, and I can also ref- this reflects very strongly in the uh, the gaming, especially the not the, the uh, I should say the the live action gaming community. Mm. In that, you know one of the reasons for really you know for toxic fandom is um, a person's you know inability to come to grips with you know either the banality or the unpleasantness or what they perceive to be the unpleasantness of their real life. Mm-hmm. So they have this other thing, this other world that they can either experience either by watching it or you know in the case of of larpers kind of, interpolating themselves into the actual other world you know these are the people that can't separate themselves from the fandom that's one kind of Mm -hmm. one kind of toxic fandom the other is um, usually derived from someone's own um, they're kind of a lack of self image you know if you like something you like it a lot and really like you've devoted a lot of your time to it and your energy. And you, you know, you've let that fandom of something define who you are. Mm-hmm. If you are someone, you know, with low self-esteem, or you're someone that feels a certain, you know, kind of negative way about yourself, if someone comes over and says, I like that too, you have two choices. That's a kindred spirit, or that person is attempting to make me less unique. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other one, the hipsters. Is is that
1: something we're getting into now, or
0: I think I'll do my hipster hate rant at another time. Okay. Um, We'll see. We'll come back. (laughs) But you know, so there's definitely sources, and then of course there's just the abuse of people. Um, you you talk about those people with low Mm self-esteem. You talk about those people, you know, who maybe are not happy in in their life. And you've got people that don't necessarily consciously go, oh, here's a group of people that I can victimize. But they might, you talk about this Joker thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they may not go out of their way to go, I'm going to creep on, grope, abuse violate as many people as possible and use this character that i'm playing as an excuse i don't think they do that consciously and if they do then you know that that, that's a completely that's not toxic that that person's got severe problems
1: oh uh but uh, let me let me take a real quick one to Mm -hmm. say that uh if if you're one of those people that i know that are jokers and like i personally know your name and i've perhaps told you in the past to listen to this podcast i am not talking about, you probably know who I am talking about, but
0: listen, th-
1: I'm not calling anyone out here.
0: You know, yeah, I, I, you know, that's always the problem with doing something like this is you're afraid. you know, you don't want to offend anybody because honestly, um, if you're listening more than likely, I know you, mm-hmm. or I know someone that knows you. Um, we're not a big fan base right now. You know, no, we're working on it. And it's not, you know, not my intention to, and it's not, you know, Joe's intention to, it's not Gonzo's intention to, it's none of our regular listeners' intention to alienate anybody. We're very inclusive and things like that. But what we are also is is defensive. We're, you know, we, we we're we're protective of not defensive, we're protective of our fans, we're protective of our genres. We love certain we love the stuff that you know we love this stuff. We love this stupid stuff, and what we are all about is about defending and protecting those things so that people can enjoy them. You know, so when we talk about abusive people, you know, it, it's you know just because you're a Joker cosplayer doesn't mean you're a creepy asshole that likes to uh, you know, you know uh, walk the fringes of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, we would never you know only the Sith deal in absolutes, <laughs> um, except that is an absolute. Yes, the word "only" makes that an absolute. I mean, Obi Wan, Obi Wan, what are you doing? Listen, he was under pressure. He was under stress. He was surprised that his best friend had done this. He was pulling. He was doing the best he could. Either that, or he, either that, or he kind of quickly th- said, "Okay, this asshole who is my best friend, this asshole only deals in absolutes. So if I kind of." Use his own logic against him and tell him that only this does this, you know. I absolute. and absolutely, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll. I don't know. Or
1: George Lucas is just not. We have so great anymore, at writing.
0: Um, solo coming out soon, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, that's good for coating some
1: people out of the woodwork for coat, for coat, but but he doesn't look like. Harrison Ford. Not only
0: does he not look like Harrison Ford, he doesn't sound like Harrison Ford, nor does it appear he's doing a Harrison Ford impression, which is good, because I didn't go to see a Harrison Ford movie. I went to go see a Han Solo movie, and so far, he seems to be doing the Han Solo thing pretty well. I know. You know what what makes me sad? I wasn't, actually. I know. You know what makes me sad about Han Solo? So, I see all these new posters. There are Mm -hmm. all these new posters, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it says, oh, Woody Harrelson as this character. Uh, Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo. Childish Gambino as Lando Calrissian. Yes, I know it says Donald Glover, but he'll always be Childish Gambino. You know what I mean? You know, uh, Amelia Clark as whatever the hell her name is. And then it just goes, Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca. What about the actor that plays Chewbacca? Nah,
1: Chewbacca has always transcended the
0: actor. Okay. Okay. It,
1: okay. Just because we know that it was Peter Mayhew...
0: He's Chewbacca, it, It's but not okay. even
1: him really anymore. No, well, this it's this totally c- passed off to that really tall yeah, blonde dude. It, it's not Peter Mayhew at all for the solo movie. But I don't know this dude's name.
0: Um, no, I can tell you right now. Is um, this tall,
1: like blonde Swedish guy? Isn't he? He most certainly is. Um, and I think Peter
0: Mayhew did a couple of the sitting down scenes um, for Force Awakens. He did. He did not for Solo yeah, at all. He's uh, he, he's not doing so great these days. I mean, right? first of all, it, it's a really rough life when you're that big. Yeah. I mean when you're I mean you know it, it's uh if you get yourself guys get yourself a chance you want to see what it's like to to be a uh a big man, you know, live the hard life of a big man. Um go ahead and watch the um the Andre the Giant uh special on HBO. Uh you can find it in other places if you don't know HBO. Um it's fascinating. Um it's I mean first of all, he's fascinating. Even if you're not a professional wrestling fan, um, you know, there's um Junas Suatamo is his name, and he is straight up Swedish, by the way. Yeah. So Finnish, Finnish, excuse me, finish. Hey, he's Scandinavian. Um it's it's fascinating. Watch it, it's really cool. Um Yeah, so we've gone all over the place. Yeah. That's okay. Um I feel like we've opened a can of worms with this subject,
1: and I'm I'm excited about where it's going to go. The hate mail. I hope hope we get hate mail. Do you think we have toxic fans? Is there anyone who's like toxic about people needing to listen to Couch Crouches? No,
0: but is it a goal that we must aspire to?
1: Maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as as Couch
1: Crouches fans don't go out and. uh, Harass people So speaking
0: of Couch Grouch's fans Oh my god You are the master of segues segue And you again? don't even know it I'm... Okay. Right. okay So speaking of Couch Grouch's fans This takes us to our mail section And how do we start our mail section? With mail from Doug So Straight up You'll see where I'm going here in a minute Doug, Doug's uh, email today, uh, he emailed us um, at couchgrouches at gmail.com. He says, hello, grouches. My wife came up with an idea of what to call us, the Couch Grouch fans. I wish I could take credit for it, but it all goes to Elizabeth. I'm going to stop reading his email for a minute. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to make an executive decision in that I'm not an executive, but it's one that definitely Gonzo will agree with me. From here on in, our fan base will be known as Grouch Potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, correct. Yeah. Well,
1: Joe's not here, uh, but two out. But two out three of three of ain't us, bad. Uh, yep.
0: So two thirds majority. Um, I think he'll jump. Out, I think he'll jump out of his seat I, when I he think hears he that. He likes that. Yeah. So you guys are our Grouch yeah. Potatoes. We he may love have you. already read it, by the way. I mean, so, he checks that email account all the time. I, right. He doesn't. No, he checks the Twitter. I check the email account. All right. Um, so yes, Elizabeth, um, Doug's lovely but surely beleaguered wife being married to Doug um even I love e- Doug. even newly uh yes Elizabeth you get ha- you get the you get the the credit grouch potatoes it is brilliant uh, Doug's and Doug says I do think it's brilliant not because I'm contractually obligated to so good man Doug good man thank you Elizabeth we're gonna use that um uh you're given credit for it but um, it's not legally binding so um grouch potatoes trademark uh, couch grouches 2018 there yeah. done. He has three que- a three-part question, because right. of course he does. All right, how um, dark are
1: we getting today? It
0: doesn't look dark. It does not look like a dark question. Cool, good, because I don't have Joe to balance me out on this one. Nope, so the first one is, um, and there's two of us, so it's not going to take as long. Uh, number one, which, uh, what is one part of history that has always interested you the most?
1: Hmm. One part of history that's always interested me the most. The most. Um... World War II Nazi rockets. I mean,
0: Honestly. I hate to say like it. Like Werner von Braun yeah, working
1: ha- on the V2 and everything. See, I hate
0: to say it, but World War II's a big one with me as well. Well,
1: that's why I, I narrowed it down to the one yeah, specific um, thing that really... Because uh, I'm, I'm a nerd. I like space. I like rockets that go in space.
0: See, I'm a nerd. I love supervillains. Yeah? Um, so you can have a, your own thing there,
1: too. But I like, mean, I... Specifically... Oh von Braun's uh, rocket program. I I I, I used and then it leads into the space race and all that. Yeah, I like rockets.
0: I know you do. Um, I I I it's oh it's terrible. I let me think. Is there anything else besides another time period other than World War II that really interests me?
1: World War One was pretty cool too.
0: Well, I, in many ways, World War One. I, I feel like something about World War One for me is just it's. I don't know. I, I something. I don't know. War is scary. War is scary. Um, I, I'm gonna just you know. I'm just gonna say World War Two. I, I the mean, whole thing. The whole... <sighs> no, the personalities of the players. Mm. And not just the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating people were involved on a macro level in World War II. The you know, obviously you've got those Nazi personalities. You got Hitler, you got Himmler, you got, you know, Gehring, you've got Hess, you've, Goebbels. You've got Goebbels. Um but, you know, Stalin mm-hmm. is fascinating. Um Chamberlain is fascinating. Winston Churchill is more fascinating. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, Eisenhower, MacArthur, uh, really interesting people. Uh, Roosevelt. So, really, these personalities that had to do with this horrible, horrible thing that happened to the world. What made them tick and things like that. And some of it's very speculative. But some of it is surprisingly documented. Surprisingly documented. And really looking at each of these figures and finding out where they come, where they came from and seeing if in some ways you can look at their history and really try to figure out how and why. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not just the Nazis I'm talking about. Um uh, the other They're period. fascinating people. And then the other, the other period, of course, that I'm really into is um. Uh, Mid 1960s Broadway theater. Done.
1: I just uh, realized that the rocket program also kind of nicely segues me into like the development of the nuclear bomb and everything. Absolutely. Uh, and not just like the Manhattan Project and, and all that, but the. Although
0: Oppenheimer is one of those personalities, he's a very interesting person to learn about. Because
1: like, uh, I guess it's not really an irrational fear but as a child i had the irrational fear that immediately everyone was going to get bombed and like i i mean i am post cuban missile crisis even
0: we're all po- I, I mean like, dude i'm i'm 30 years post like, cuban I'm, missile I, crisis i'm
1: 100% post like uh not 30 years when was when was there. uh when was the Berlin Wall taken down? That was 89. 89? It was 89, yep. but I don't know if it was before or after I was born. Either way, I'm like
0: post-Cold War. You are post-Cold War. 100% I mean, post-Cold I, War. Yes. Um, but for some reason... I am not post-Cold War, but I understand what you're talking right, about. For some reason, I grew up with this
1: pervasive thought that someone somewhere was going to drop the bomb and I was yep. going to die in a nuclear inferno.
0: The Berlin Wall went down the day after my birthday on 19, in 1989. Nove- oh. November 9th.
1: Oh, so I am not 100% post Cold War. However, I have no memories from a time before that as I was only like 2 months well, old. Well,
0: the Berlin Wall really, I mean, it is, is kind of the symbolic Wait, end August of August to November, I was 1 month yeah. old. Well, the Ber- Berlin Wall falling is kind of the um is kind of the, the the kind of the symbolic end of the Cold War. But, you know, uh, it, it wasn't over there. It was yeah. it was but it was it was getting there and you know know, it it almost got it kind of got pulled down by accident because one report said something about it next thing you know everybody's showing up on both sides of the wall and next Mm -hmm. thing you know it's coming down But so
1: like learning about the the development and the history of nuclear weaponry is also kind of really interesting too
0: so okay so his next question All right. see I made it darker than we needed to Uh, what are three positive character traits you don't have Organization. Um. I
1: know that's like one mm-hmm. that that's a big one. I'm not great at that. That's a positive character trait, right? It is. Um. Uh, I gotta figure out what the words are to say that. You want to give one of yours?
0: Uh, well, I hate to be a dick. Organization. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. I would say for me, organization. And um, physical grace. I'm okay. clumsy as fuck.
1: Um, I'm actually not as clumsy as I think that I am.
0: Oh, and my third and my third one is self-esteem.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess I have some problems with that too. I like to act like I don't, but uh,
0: it's a defense s- mechanism.
1: Self-esteem, yeah. So I'm gonna steal one of yours because mm-hmm. we're sharing. We're sharing, and it is caring. Um. What's the polite way to say I don't make good choices? Prudence. Lack of foresight? Prudence. prudence. No, I have foresight. So, yeah, prudence. prudence.
0: You, may, you have a low wisdom score. Yeah. Yeah. You have a high intelligence score, but you have a low wisdom score. Gonzo, you have a low wisdom score. Yeah. Uh, and third, this is a fun one, who are your personal heroes?
1: Personal heroes.
0: Mine are Batman. <laughs> Mine are David Bowie, yeah, Bono. Personal heroes: David Bowie, Bono, and probably John Lennon.
1: I'm gonna be with you on David Bowie, definitely. There. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, oh, those are it, that's that's all music. It could be all music. I'm trying to think, personal heroes. Well, Bowie acted too. No, Bowie did act, but no, I'm I'm just trying to think. I mean, I mean, John Lennon's a hero of mine, but as you, I mean, I'm just trying to think. Is he is he on the top three? Is he on my Mount Rushmore of heroes? Mm-hmm. Whereas, I love Bono, and uh, you know, and, and Bono's done incredible stuff beyond just being you know a musician. People think he's pretentious and fuck. that was fucking. They're absolutely right. But he's still no Morrissey, and then uh, yeah, Bowie is just Bowie. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, is personal Bowie's hero. on mine. Personal hero.
1: Um, it's, a, it's tricky. I don't think about it. Am I your personal hero?
0: Quentin Tarantino.
1: I, that's not me at all. No, no. that's
0: that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So yours is you, you definitely like Bowie, Bowie.
1: Definitely Bowie. Um, I, I mean, I'm trying to think. This is really one of those things that you figure people kind of already know,
0: but I don't think I've ever really considered. Bowie doesn't surprise me for you. I would say that, um hmm, personal hero. Yeah. <laughs> Hephaestus, god of the forge.
1: <laughs> Does he count? No.
0: I didn't think he, he was going to count.
1: Um, and also, if we were going with something like that, it, it wouldn't be the god of the forge. It would probably be Hermes.
0: Well, I was thinking of people that like to like to build things.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good. One. Oh, Adam Savage, then he's a personal hero of mine. Go for it; he's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's actually really cool. that Adam yeah. Savage is one and of them. Yeah,
1: I like how we got there too. Yeah, someone that builds things. Okay, yep. well, I can't pick Hephaestus, but you know who's a god that <laughs> builds things? yes Adam Savage. Adam Savage. That's awesome. Uh, got one more, and was it Joe came with me to see Adam? At uh, the Brainiac tour thing that happened. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. So that that was a real fun time. All right. Appreciate um, sure that was Joe that came with me. You got, yeah, it definitely was. You got one more.
0: One more. Um, I'm psyched with the Adam Savage one. Yeah, that's, that's good, a good for you. I, I like that. Good for you. Now
1: that I'm. Now that I've remembered. Is there a
0: computer one or something? I mean, you know. Is um, there,
1: I mean, there's there's a couple that. Uh, I guess there's one that I don't know enough really about him, but I'll I'll list him there. Um, I gotta remember his name though. I n- remember him by relation because he's actually one of my friend's fathers, and I oh, always that's cool. I told my friend that if I ever actually manage to graduate with a computer science degree, uh-huh. I'm meeting your father because <laughs> it's uh, he was one of the programmers of Rogue, the original Rogue. Um, he was, uh, no, just typing in Rogue brought up fucking everything except the game. How about I search Rogue Game? And he was one of the big guys at Oracle who helped to develop Java. Um, Ken Arnold, there he is. Okay. Ken Arnold. Cool. Let's get some of his credits up in here. Um for his contribution, uh, well-known as one of the developers of the 1980s dungeon-crawling video game Rogue, his contributions to the original Berkeley distribution of Unix, for his books and articles about C and C++, and his high-profile work on the Java platform. And uh, there he is. That's a picture of him. He is my friend Jareth's father. Yeah, his name is Jareth. That's cool. And uh, I met him at UMass Lowell. He has actually got a tattoo of one of the labyrinth goblins on his arm. Well, own, I right? certainly hope at because that point, who
0: names fucking Jareth that you do.
1: There's some, some great quotes from him uh, he, in the back of one of his books. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, yeah, I'll list him as a personal hero. And, uh, All right. Well, there you go. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll rope Jareth into listening to this so he can hear me list Talk his, about his father day, as a uh, personal hero That's of awesome. mine. awesome. I haven't talked to Jareth in a well. while. I should.
0: Uh, not right now. I miss him. Um, so our next question is actually a two-part question from um uh, our friend Jordan, who has a uh, podcast of his own called uh, Table to Stage. Do I know this, Jordan? You don't. It, um, did I ask this last time you mentioned you your might friend have. Jordan? You might have. Um and it's a uh, it's a table to stage is a podcast about uh, creative creativity and the arts in our area in Connecticut. It's available on iTunes, Google Play and Podbean. Um, he's got some upcoming guests including authors, comedians, game designers, etc. So uh, if you want to find out more about it, check tabletostagepod.com uh, for more. So that's table to stage Is that the number 2 or T O? No, it's the word T O. It's T A B L E T O S T A G E P O D.com. Table to stage pod.com. All right. So his, uh, his first part of his question, and this is in reaction to last week's episode, he says two things. Uh, first dance. off, um, oh, yeah. I never had a G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, like I did, but I damn sure made friends with the kid uh, with the one kid at school who did. I said, okay. So then he goes, I stopped watching wrestling a long time ago, but he's with me on Macho Man. But was there anybody from that era more entertaining in the ring than The Ultimate Warrior? The answer to me, that question for me is, yes, there was everybody so okay so here's his question for the day i have the answer but i don't know, I the know. wrestling. all right so here's his question and again Woo! little dirt, rick flair um the apocalypse is tomorrow all right and you have the next 24 hours to prepare to get the hell out of dodge all right what three things are you definitely bringing with you and what one person not related are you taking for their survival skills
1: So he said apocalypse, which is like the biblical end of the world? It's
0: just the end of the world's coming.
1: So there's like no escaping it if it's the biblical apocalypse, because I'm pretty sure Jesus will find me wherever I am. That's what happens, right? He shows up (laughs) and takes people up into space.
0: I don't really know. I believe the apocalypse, although the apocalypse here is capitalized, we're going to assume that we need. So it's just the- well, Nuclear holocaust. Okay, or so whatever, if that's yeah. happening,
1: though, why am I taking someone for survival? Because I the will world ends, fucking
0: then. end you. Answer the fucking question. <laughs> what was the
1: question again?
0: What three things are you definitely bringing <laughs> with you, and what one person, not related, are you taking for their survival skills? Um, um, I'm t- okay, so I can answer uh, the f- the second part easily. I'm taking Bear Grills with me. No, I was gonna say him. Well, I beat you. All right, um, fine. I'm taking Bear. You can take him as well. I guess. No,
1: I'll take uh, Bindi Irwin. She seems Aww, to be survivable. Well, she's adorable, and she, also we could repopulate. There you go. Yeah, um, you can't repopulate with Bear grills. That's not how it works. That doesn't mean I can't
0: practice. That's not um, how it works. Can have lots of, lots of survival <laughs> sex. I don't know. It mean, doesn't quite do it for me. Uh, what three things would I bring? Well, if um, if literature has taught me anything, one of them has to be a towel. mm Hmm. Um. You always, you know, n- you know, never forget your towel. Um, what three things would I bring with me? Um, a good sharp knife. Mm-hmm. Always have a good sharp knife. Um, that's what Bear Girls taught me. Um, but if you're bringing him, he'll have one. I'm going to assume I have my own as well. All right. Um, a box full of... Of uh, fresh fusion cores. Because you never know if you're going to find power armor out in the wasteland. Yeah, um, And uh, that's it. Those are my three things. That was two things. Towel. Oh, yeah. Sharp towel. knife. I'm sorry. I forgot about Box the Box of fusion cores. I don't know if he wants a serious uh, answer on that, but um, that's what I'm going I with. I think I already derailed that. Yeah, so go ahead. Uh, expertly derailed. Well, I mean, you, and you are repopulating with Bindi, with Bindi Irwin, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's, that's that. I, I miss Steve now. He well, was too
0: good for us. He was. Um, so uh, can you three think of some stuff? things
1: that I would bring with me. Yes. Um. I mean, the sharp knife really goes without saying, but you said it, so I how about you? I find? I'll find something else. I don't want to be riding your coattails on every answer here. <laughs> um. How about a good. A, yeah, a good jacket sounds good to me.
0: Good, good. Nuclear good
1: winter, you know. Sure, sure. It's gonna get cold, so a good jacket maybe with a zip-out liner. So okay. when it gets warmer, you can take that out, use it as a pillow. Yeah, it's multifunction. There you go. Your 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 towel would be good for a similar for one. Um, for
0: mon- many different things. I yes. mean,
1: he wasn't wrong when he said, you know. Excuse me.
0: That's a joke from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. In case people don't know where the towel thing comes from. Um, if you don't know where a towel thing comes from, it's called a fucking book. Try reading it, please. Read, people. Read. You could probably get it on Audible too. It's also a bad movie version of it if you want to watch that with the uh, guy, with Alan with, Rickman. With, didn't with the he Hobbit,
1: voice, didn't, was Alan Rickman the voice there? Yeah.
0: Okay, I like him. Yeah, and 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 Martin Freeman was the main character. It was okay. I didn't like it. Uh, that. So that's one thing. Uh, two thing.
1: I don't know. Uh think like a good hatchet okay does a lot of similar things to your knife sure but i would trust myself cutting down a tree with a hatchet more than a knife but i'm sorry i'm getting distracted in my own head right now um have you ever seen that guy on youtube that just goes out into the australian brush and makes his just and he does it for fun like on his weekends makes huts and pottery and built a kiln and it's like primitive living, I think, on YouTube. I'll take a look.
0: I will say that if I can't take a box of fusion cores with me, what yep. I will take is a good, heavy iron skillet. That's a good one, too. That's a, that's what I would take, because you can use it for so many different things. Yeah. You can use it to cook on. You can use it to boil water in. You can use it to defend yourself, because it's made out of cast fucking iron. Um, it might even deflect bullets and shit like that. Cast iron skillet, 14-inch. Uh, how about... Get on it. A good, like... Hefty coil
1: of. Uh, let's go with copper wire. I was gonna. I mean, I mean straight co- up, we you can do a lot of
0: things with copper wire. Yeah, but yeah.
1: straight up, uh, one of Heinlein's books. One guy, he went. He had a coil of like gold wire around mm-hmm. him because he figured he could sell that. Cop- and, and stuff. But you coppers, can sell copper. Copper's price yeah. is going way up, and
0: uh, yeah, but so it's because copper's usefulness.
1: Yeah, you know, you you take that hatchet. You use the back of it to start splitting down some uh, magnetic ore, maybe. You wrap that in the copper there wire. There you go. I knew Look, where this is going. I've just reinvented electricity. You got electricity. Hail <laughs> me as a god. There you go.
0: <laughs> now, if you hook those up to my fusion cores.
1: Yeah. All right. So we're golden. All right. And we could share Bindi. Oh,
0: we can share. Well, we have to repopulate. Yeah.
1: Or, oh, so we're going. Or golden. much more likely, Bear grills will uh, take Bindi and they will repopulate and use our technology after they have killed us and eaten us. So, uh,. Cause you know he'll eat we, anything. Yeah, we did pick like yeah. All right, but whatever. The, the human race <laughs> is saved because of our choices. There you go. I agree with that.
0: Um, another another mail, another message we got uh, is a, from another regular. Um, is our buddy Sam, who we love so much that we've given him a theme song. Love's going to leave
1: me. I like how Jamie's dancing too.
0: our friend Sam
1: we heard trust me him.
0: he gets the joke he loves it okay good uh, oh I'll, I'll read it for you okay so yeah no so I'll, I'll read you I'll read you his his email um, uh, his actually his his message came on our Facebook page which is facebook.com slash couch crouches Um. So he um, now he did say, uh, I loved the theme song, by the way, it made me crack up laughing. So he's definitely, he said, I'm old enough to remember that song being number at number one uh, on the UK charts. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's pretty funny. So um, Sam's questions are a little bit around Infinity War. So if you have not seen Infinity War, um, we're gonna just straight up go ahead and do spoilers at this point. Um, we're not gonna release the spoiler episode. And these aren't huge spoilers. Um, but, yeah, actually, they are huge spoilers. So, um, I But I will try to work around them. So that, Sam, it's probably, it might not be your exact text of what you're saying, but we'll go ahead and try to get around that. Um, he did say he saw Infinity War and he absolutely loved it. It's great fun, incredible visual feast and some f- fantastic dialogue. He said Doctor Strange versus Thanos is now one of his favorite epic movie battles. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time arguing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it did make him think of two questions for you guys that could spark some debate. Um, he talks about, now, as everyone's aware, even if you haven't seen the movie, that there's death. Ron Perlman. I haven't mentioned Ron Perlman in this episode. There it so is. So let's do it here. Um, Obviously, they talk about how people are gonna die in Infinity War, okay? So he, he sees something happen in the movie and he was um kind of half disappointed because he knew it being a comic book movie that deaths are reversible. Mm-hmm. So his question is, when you introduce unchecked methods of resurrection into a franchise, do you kill the emotional weight of death? Do you diminish audience involvement by taking away a sense of peril, since even death is simply a temporary inconvenience? What a good that's fucking a, that's question. A good question! Yeah, I mean, basically, what he's saying is, when you remove the stakes, or when you remove the appearance of the stakes. Does anything matter?
1: I think you just rewrite the rules of the game at that point, Mm -hmm. Um, because you're gonna start having now the the hero's moral dilemma of how what can I reverse? You know, can I play God with resurrecting all of these people? Where does where do I stop before I start becoming you know a a Thanos of my own? Um, I think if I'm making the choice to do this to to this guy died doing a noble thing. I can bring him back, but does that... Does it undo the noble ability? thing, yeah.
0: So that's, you know what, that's...
1: Just, just changes
0: the rules. But you know, that that's an interesting... That answer is an interesting approach, and I'm impressed with that answer. That's a really good answer. Uh, Sometimes I'm clever. You have your moments. Not many of them, but you do have them. Uh, <laughs> I think things. I love you, Mike. Um, the, the way I kind of look at it, my, the answer to the question is... Um, I do so I think that a, a death is is can be profound, even if you've got a pretty good idea that there's a way back from it. Mm-hmm. What I will say though is, um, in the case of like comic book movies or things like that where you know you could change stuff, my focus then goes away from if they can change it to how they can mm-hmm. change it. Mm-hmm. So my anticipation, the focus of my anticipation has changed. Also, um, just because you can do something doesn't mean you will. Mm-hmm. So I think that if anybody dies in a comic book or in a comic book movie or in a video game or anything like that, um, as much as there's a means to resurrect the person, there might very well be a means to prevent it from happening. Going back to Final Fantasy 7, what's the old joke? Eris takes the sword through the middle, and then he leaves. You got a pocket full of phoenix downs. Does it not occur to you to try using one?
1: Well, incidentally, uh, the way her body sank. Yeah, I know. You know. No,
0: how it sank? Bullshit. It didn't sink. Her body did not sink until Cloud walked it into the middle of the life stream and let it go. Yeah. Why didn't he use the phoenix down before then? No, but
1: I'm saying the way he, she sank, a, a dead body
0: floats. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I'm sorry. She was totally still alive oh, yeah. until he drowned her until he in he the dra- live stream. Yeah, until he allowed the life stream to like, fill up her body and if you tra- through the extra hole that uh, Sephiroth made. If,
1: if you track the path of that blade, too, that pretty much, I mean, it's narrowly, but it more or less misses all of the critical organs that will kill you Really quickly, it
0: might have severed her spinal column and killed her immediately.
1: From that low in her hey, spine, though, you never know. That just paralyzes her.
0: Who knows? She could have died from the shock. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So the second question. <laughs> so thank you, Sam. That's a good one. The second question is, um, and you will love this because you kind of already started, but but this is a great question, and I feel like he wrote this question with you in mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He goes. Sam says, I often find myself suffering from selective pickiness about the realism in science fiction and fantasy films. For example, in The Last Jedi, a movie that I loved... I was annoyed by the fact that the rebel ships running out of fuel caused them to abruptly slow down and get blown apart by the Imperial weapons. I have a, I have a, a comment there. As if, it, as if they were caught in some sort of wind resistance. Yet I have no issue with Jedi, space wizards that wield light swords. Same thing with Infinity War. Thor surviving in deep space is fine, but Thor talking in a vacuum got my goat. Mm-hmm. Do you guys get similar can't picky believe things? I can I didn't
1: pick that to be yeah. my random bitch about the yeah. I mean, spoiler yeah. alert for the episode we haven't released yet. That yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. upset that I didn't pick that to be my bitch. So his question yeah. is, do um,
0: you guys get simil- similarly picky about things going on in your head? What do we get selective about and what do we find realistic and what yes, we don't? Yes, constantly. So really quick, yes, and I know Gonzo does it more than I did. I will kind of address a couple of these things real quick. Um, For Last Jedi, I think um, that the ships running out of fuel resulted not in those ships slowing down, but because in space, inertia carries them at at a constant, speed at a constant. Assuming there's no resistance from any sort of energy field or something like that, so okay, they're moving at a speed in space, and their thrust is providing them with a certain amount of inertia. Do we agree with that? Mm-hmm. So when that thrust is cut away, the, the that speed remains a constant mm-hmm. because they're in a vacuum, and because in, in theory there's nothing gravitational in this case.
1: Well, I mean there would still be gravity. Gravity's everywhere.
0: But you know, you understand, there's no. What I mean is there's no heavy gravitational pull either speeding them up or anything. There's nothing providing legitimate resistance. Hold on. The answer is yes, there is, but that's okay. My thought is, is that you can go ahead in a minute, is that it's not so much the ships slowed down, but the Imperial ships, which had plenty of fuel, were allowed to increase their velocity to a level that allowed them to catch up with the Rebel ships. Gonzo. Well, first off,
1: Star Wars clearly doesn't understand how space and orbital mechanics works in the first place. Correct. Due to the fact that, I mean, you always see them jumping out and just floating right above the planet, or when they're coming down to make planet fall, they just go straight down. That's not at all how that works. Everything in space is orbital and in a circle. Now, you can talk about the fact that they have inertial dampeners that provide them with a uh, way to negate the the, uh, force of jumping into hyperspace, which is in fact what disabled the uh, Falcon's hyperdrive in Empire Strikes Back. I believe in the novelization they go into the fact that they tampered with with the inertial dampeners so it wasn't letting them jump. Okay. And that is, I can't, I think it's EU canonical. and It might be actual canon now that that's part of the reason that uh, Porkins crashed is he kept his inertial dampeners all the way up. So you had sort of a... uh, was it JFK junior or or bobby who in the airplane
0: jfk junior
1: yeah so there was a similar situation there where the instruments you know he was relying on the feel and instead of the instrumentation he didn't know that he was getting so close to the surface of the death star due to the fact that he couldn't feel the inertia from the uh from the movements of it because he kept his inertial dampness turned up way too high. Moving so on. ignoring all these things and the fact that maybe they have some way of negating the need to travel in a orbital path. Why is it that X-Wings always fly as though they're airplanes? They dogfight. That's not how it works. We did finally in uh, The Last Jedi, finally got a shot of you know Newtonian physics when... Poe cuts the engines and just rotates around and does that drift style maneuver, which is one hundred percent viable in a Newtonian space uh, combat scenario. So, uh, I mean, the rule of cool though is to to be completely honest about why when they ran out of fuel. No! Hey, we we. Question number one of the night was Gonzo. What are you interested in historically? And that involved rockets. I know. No, no. I know. So, I, I'm not
0: giving you a hard time.
1: Just in case any of us were surprised by the fact that this is one of the things that gets me, I, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, why do they got to bank around? They every t- they do a banking turn every time in Star Wars. Every time they're dogfighting, they're swooping around each other, when really a space dogfight would just be. You thrust and continue to pi- you cut your thrust and pivot around. You're... Yeah. So, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> it was was it what do I get picky about? Because I get picky about a
0: lot of no things. no. I think it's do you get picky? And the answer is yes. Um, and his other question is why do we get selective about what we find realistic and what we don't. And the reason with you is because in these cases, these directly affect the things you enjoy. Well,
1: um, I get picky about it mostly as just a uh, thing to bitch about sometimes. So it's to be
0: a contrarian cocksucker.
1: Not quite. Uh, Some of them, I mean, it sticks in my head and I realize this isn't how this works, but I push that aside and it doesn't directly impact my enjoyment of a film. The only time I really bring them out is when you feel when you
0: feel a need to find something wrong with it, you nasty hipster.
1: I mean, gatekeeper. No, it's just it's not how it works. But you know, I'm a fan of the rule of cool. It looks cool when they bang and dogfight like that. See, yes.
0: Conversely, to answer you the question, answer the question on my end. uh, It does not bother me. Uh, It doesn't bother me. Um, I don't go. Hold on. I'm answering now. No, I'm just saying that
1: it doesn't make it doesn't bother me. No, no, no.
0: Let me. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. um... I
1: do it to bother you.
0: Oh, and you do. Um, I don't care because I am completely uh, governed by the rule of cool. Um, Does it bother me that that Thor can talk in space? No, you know why? Well, why can Thor talk in space? Cause comics.
1: I mean, I, I legitimately didn't even consider that. Yeah,
0: because because comics. How can Thor withstand the power of a star? Spoilers. Cause comics. Um, is it because he has a much denser um, molecular, molecular structure than your standard human being? Yes, of course it is. But you know because he's an alien being that has a completely different, you know, makeup? Sure. But I don't think about that. I just go that was fucking cool.
1: I mean, it's just what's bothering me now about that talking in space is there's no transmission media.
0: There's nothing to vibrate
1: to to make the sound go. The
0: question is, is space a true vacuum?
1: I mean, do you really want do you want to get into that one? No. Cuz we could. No. I didn't think
0: you did. I don't.
1: So there's virtual electrons and everything. Yes, I mean it's just that there's not it.
0: And the you know you know what you and I could start throwing some some theoretical physics around, and you'd win I mean, because it, you're better read than that. If, if we start that talking
1: about like you know all the explosions in Star Wars, when a tie fighter explodes, you hear it.
0: Well, the whole point is there. You wouldn't hear anything because there's no but, sound in but space. But also,
1: they. <sighs> I mean, this is. This is nerdy I'm gonna straight out and admit this it. is nerdiness beyond me. I did not come up with this theory about Go for it. It. Go for it. I read this. So one of the headcanon theories about why you hear a tie fighter explode is because it's part of the targeting system in your in your X Wing or your Millennium Falcon in order to put you spatially aware in the middle of a dogfight. Tracks these things and simulates the sounds for you. That's stupid. Oh, no, I'm not saying that it's not. I don't like that.
0: But again, I didn't come up with that one. I think it happens because it' cool. So I guess, you know, in my case, it doesn't bother me as much. It does bother Gonzo more. I shouldn't say bother. I don't think about it as much. I think Gonzo's brain is wired to think about it more.
1: It doesn't bother me.
0: No, but you, but it, it definitely enters your brain yeah, space. I,
1: I, I see yeah. it and I think about it. I'm just not bothered.
0: Fair enough. So, um, as we approach the wrapping up of the show, the first thing we have to ask, uh, we have to do have to enter um gone. oh, yeah, I thought we had one more. We do have one more, actually. We do. We have a question from um, a longtime host of the show, but first time caller, <laughs> Joe Foreign, who will be um fl- as I said, probably landing in in London pretty soon. His email reads, "Hi, Hey, Grouches, longtime host, first-time caller. So as to not make listeners go completely without their weekly fix of Joe, I figured I should send in a question. So here it is. What's the worst job you've ever been paid to do? And conversely, what was the best job you ever paid to do? To give you a minute, Joe answered the question. He said, for me, I'd say the worst job was working in the warehouse where we manufactured parts for septic tanks. I don't really feel like I need to explain why more than that.
1: I feel like they're not covered in shit when they're in the
0: warehouse. I agree. And his best job was set designing grease. He said it was a lot of work, but working with my hands, building things, and seeing my design hop off the page and onto the stage was incredibly satisfying. He was paid to do that? Yep. Can't wait to be back at the table next week. I'll let you know how London goes. Cheers, Joe. Yeah, we'll talk about that offline. So <laughs> what was the what was the worst the, job you've ever been yeah, paid to right. do?
1: Uh, worst job I've ever been paid to do is definitely the bus yard. I'll tell people what it was. So uh because yeah. this was a horrible job. Yeah, um, you don't really think about this as being a job that ever needs to be done, but apparently it it it, it is done. Uh, I washed school buses inside and outside, top to bottom, including in the winter getting on the roofs and shoveling off the snow and down to scrubbing the rust off of and repainting the rims for the wheels.
0: Yeah, that's pretty fucking hard. Uh,
1: scrubbing the outsides all day, you know, uh, 7 a.m. to about, oh, what was it, 3.30, technically, but frequently closer to 4.35-ish. Wow. Um, Scrubbing the outsides, you know, just a broom handle with a, scrub brush on one end and a bucket of soapy water. And then in the summers, you'd wash down the inside, scrub the floors, scrub up the walls, replace all those seats. If a kid puked on the bus, I cleaned that up. If a kid pooped on the bus, I cleaned that up. If a kid peed on the bus, I cleaned it up. So, uh, you know, on the bright side, in the future I'll be a great father because I have absolutely <laughs> no problem with children's bodily functions right now. Fair enough. But uh, seven years I was there. Did you really do it for seven, seven years? years. Yeah. Holy shit. And that's just that because long. they paid me. Yeah. Well, they paid me, yeah, uh, enough, I guess. And I was lazy and didn't want to move on because they were paying me.
0: Conversely, what was the best job you've ever been paid to do?
1: Hmm. I'm really a fan of the job I got going now. Honestly. Awesome. It's, awesome. It, it's what I wanted to do, which is partially why that blue collar manual labor job sucked i like white collar programming <laughs> sitting at a desk with a computer in front of me just typing away all day listening to my own music because they used to get upset with me at the bus yard for having my headphones in my ears while I was scrubbing. Them. You have
0: to be fucking kidding me.
1: It was really just this one
0: guy who... he? He was just a control beat.
1: No, he he was the guy that some of it was just ball busting, and I didn't understand the difference between ball busting. Yeah, you were a and, fucking and child at that's the time. Why. But the other part is, like, yeah, I I compromise more or less. I
0: would keep one headphone in one ear, Oh. just hey, so I could hear things. Hey, Jamie. What's the worst job I've ever had? Can you think of? I've told you about all my jobs. Well, that was definitely the worst paying job. <laughs> I, I I would say that, yeah, well, was that worse than... Oh. Yeah, but but about forty percent of the time, I liked that job. That was the problem. Um, I think the worst job I've ever had. Worst job I've ever had. Hmm. I'm forty two. I'm going to be forty two in November. I'm forty one years old. I've been working since I was a little twelve years old. Worst job I've ever had. Shit. Probably the worst job I ever had was, um, no, that was a cool job. Um,
1: Huh, this is rough. Um, Yeah, now you know how I feel. Yeah. With Doug's
0: questions usually. I know. Worst job, I've had so many horrible jobs, Joe. The worst job I ever had was, um, and I'm going to preface this with, um, the people I worked with were by and large okay. But um, the last job I had before the one I have right now is I worked very briefly um, selling insurance. I worked at an insurance agency. The agent was very nice. The lady I worked with um, I'm very fond of to this day. And the other guy, the other agent that was there was okay. He was kind of old and crotchety, but he was all right. I mean, it was, in the end, he was all right. But um, it wasn't the job that I signed up for, and it turned out to be very, um, you know, it, it, I didn't make any money. Um, I was supposed to get leads and things like that, and I didn't get any of that. So I don't know. just, you know, I, I i would get to work every day, and I'd sit there, and I would try to figure out what to do with myself, you know, how to, you know. So it wasn't, um, it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't a great job, and I was glad when I when I left, so. I guess that's the one, uh, if I can think of anything worse, it's either that or doing tobacco when I was a kid. But the thing about that job is that job was physically shattering. Mm-hmm. But I got, you know, I also got like doted on by a bunch of like old Mexican ladies and, and, and it, like there's, there's there's chuckle-worthy shit from that mm-hmm. that I can think of. Okay, um, and the best job, oh, the best job that I've ever had, best job I have, I do every summer. The best job I could ever have is I I, I run a, a a summer youth theater, um, and I run them with my you know with my best friends and my wife, and I love my I love and I was there. No, you're one of my best friends, and I run it with you, and I and I and I love my children. Um,
1: <clears throat> we figured out what my job is this summer. Yet? Uh, no, what your jobs are this summer, <laughs> and I love the, yeah. the parents of my children. someday um, they'll
0: pay me. someday. You know, and I love everybody. Um, it's what I, you know, it, it really is the job where I get to be my best self. So I think that's my favorite thing. So I guess that's it. Um, I guess we're going to move on, and start yeah. wrapping up. So I th- think that's, th- so I guess it's the time where we ask uh, Gonzo's Black Magic Corner Have you successfully contacted or summoned the demon this week?
1: I'm really starting to think I should get myself a talking board because I feel like they speak so much easier through that. Um, There were some whispers in the darkness, but nothing tangible. And, uh, you know, it's completely likely that I just left my computer running overnight.
0: Okay. (laughs) Sounds like a plant. Um, Okay. Uh, So I'm not going to rant this week. I feel like
1: we had a little bit of that. Yeah, but uh,
0: what I go ahead. No, No, it's fine. What I am going to say is, um, you know, and what's going on there. There's some stuff going on in, in life, big changes with me and a lot of other friends, things are happening in life. Um, all I will say to you is, and these are all positive things for all the people I'm talking about, but, Um, you know, every day, a good day or a bad day, whatever day is an important day. Even a day where you wake up and sit on your ass for an entire day is an important day. May not be a good day, may not be a bad day, but it's an important day because every day that you are alive, that the experiences of that day make you who you are. And, um, you know, not to be too crunchy and things like that, but, um, we are good people. Um, don't, for God's sake, don't, don't lament the things that you haven't done. Don't lament and don't complain about the things that you want to do that you can't do go out there and do them, you know, um, realize that every experience you have good or bad is, is a learning opportunity is an opportunity to become your best you become a better you than you were a moment ago. Um, even when the bad things happen, you know, just, um, remember that, you know, these are the things that make me who I am. And as long as you're, you know, learning and experiencing, you know, from these things, you're going to be better than you were before um, if you allow yourself to be. So some self-help shit for you. Um, I guess just my way of saying, you know, life throws you some some some, some curveballs at times and you don't quite realize um, at the time that, you know, although things didn't go the way you wanted them to, they still made you who you were. So sorry about the babbling there. I guess we're going to call it, though. All right. Did you have fun? Yeah. We miss you, Joe. Uh, but, yeah, we'll have the um, the Infinity War episode out, I'd say, a couple of days after this one. But in the meantime, this is Couch Crouches. Uh, I'm Jim. I'm Gonzo. Fuck, Fuck on, on, audience. It's just not the same as it... Hey, you stole my shit! No, I was just letting you get in there.
1: Yeah, but then... What it is too late now